Alright everyone, welcome to this week's episode of A Self Love Story. This will be the last episode before 2024. So I thought it would be a nice idea to do this week's episode on intention setting for the next year of your life. This time of year, you know, we all know the usual, are you setting any resolutions? What's your New Year's resolutions? And a lot of them can be quite influenced by our capitalist society, right? A lot of it is um, buy this or buy that or lose weight or do this. And a lot of the time it's kind of a little bit of like self-blamey, self like guilt, shame related, like lose weight, exercise more because I'm so lazy this year or I've put on so much weight this year. And I'm not saying that these aren't good things to focus on health-wise. I think it's a great idea to kind of start the new year in a more loving way. I mean, my podcast is a self-love story. I don't personally think you can shame or guilt trip or hate yourself to your best self. So I, for the last three years, I've had a very personal development-based New Year's. I haven't drank for the last three or four New Year's, potentially even five, because I don't personally want to start the very first day of a new year hungover, kind of no further forward towards any goals. It's just not for me. And if that's for you and you truly enjoy that, have fun, have the best time. And that's something that's intentionally good for you. You know, if that's something you truly do enjoy. For me personally, I am in love with these little self-development New Year's. They've been the best thing that I've ever done. I kind of discovered them unintentionally one year. Um, It was the first kind of year after COVID 2020 was coming to an end. I was working the New Year, well, New Year's Eve. I was actually off New Year's Day, but I didn't get home till about like nine-ish, half nine. And I was working in a kind of smaller hospital that's further away. So it would have been like a longer drive home in the dark and rain. And I went home to my little flat that I loved living in at the time. It was a converted church. It was so cosy. I made it so homey. And I got my favourite pyjamas on. I got my favourite blanket. And I did yoga by the Christmas tree. And then I sat with a journal and I wrote until the bells. I literally wrote until the bells. I journaled on what I wanted for the next year of my life and I don't think it's a coincidence that in 2021 I achieved more that year by far more than the year before in terms of personal development, relationships, finance, wealth, all of those things and it's just it's just so powerful and amazing and there's something so admirable in a way about being able to say, I am not going to succumb to the average and go and get pissed on New Year. I'm actually going to spend it working on what I want to achieve and how to be the best version of myself. And I intentionally don't make New Year's plans really anymore with other people. I make plans with myself or I always spend it with my family. And my dream is one year 
and I, and I hope to be able to potentially do this next year, is to have a New Year's Eve retreat for people who don't want to go and get pissed, but for who want to do these amazing things and like to do have like, you know, circles where we can all just chat about our goals and yes, one day this that will happen. This time next year, I will be doing a New Year's Eve retreat on Grace Words. So yeah, like I said, three years ago, I kind of unintentionally discovered this amazing way of starting the new year. And then I um, started listening to a podcast, which uh, the host has done New Year's parties for the last two years. So I did them in 2021 and in 2022. Obviously, that was before starting 2022 and 2023. And by far, 2022 and 2023 have been the best years of my life. They absolutely have. And I do think it is a massive kind of shift in your attitude going forward in the new year. You realise how short the year is, but also you realise that we have 52 weeks. You know? Like, even if you achieved little things in, in one week, that's 52 things. So if you if you decide, you know, I'm going to listen to a personal development audiobook once a month, that's 12 books you'll have read by this time next year. So I'll go through more about, you know, actual goal setting itself and how I, how I do that. But I really hope this helps you and, you know, I feel like in the past, particularly before I spent many years doing this, I've been really guilty of, you know, having the mindset of, well, let's just do this. Let's have big blowouts. Let's eat what I want until the new year and then I'll start on the 1st of January. And I suppose that's that kind of mentality that you're you're having fun before you punish yourself to begin the new year, before you overly restrict yourself or, you know, over exercise or you know energetically that's not where I want to be and I'm sure if you've clicked play on this podcast you can also align with that kind of thought process so I love talking about this stuff it is literally incredible and life-changing and so easy like this is not time consuming you could literally if you're not somebody who enjoys journaling or writing you can literally record a voice note for yourself and go into the things we're going to talk about and only use the wheel of life as a basis for a goal setting for my new year and you could literally just record yourself a voice note saying okay my goals for health this year are this and like you could just listen to it every month to remind yourself of what you want so let's get on to the fun stuff and talk about how we can set goals and use the next year intentionally to become the very best version of ourselves because we will if we do this work and if we set realistic goals we will achieve them so I normally use the wheel of life and this is also something I've used that's used in the goal setting parties that I've gone to I've used them for years I really like to structure my goals based on this uh, and your wheel of life might not look the same as mine but I love to use this and 
<clears throat> I certainly am not, it's not feasible to have 100% success in every single part of your life all at once. Or maybe it is. I don't want to, I don't want to limit your, your goals, but certainly for me, the most tangible, appreciable goals have been ones that have been my focus for that year. So your focus for the year might be very different to mine or anyone else around you, and that's okay. So my focus for the last year, as in 2023, it's now coming to an end, has been finances and career. So I've not really had anything in the way of romance, truthfully, because it's not been my priority. But I have had a lot of growth in the two categories that were my focus. So to be able to put full energy into what you want to achieve, uh, to know that it's that's for that year or for the six months or, or whatever it is. And it's okay to have one focus and for that focus to change for next year. So this might be your year of the hustle, of the grind, of finance. You know, wanting to sort out your finances, you might want to get out of debt. You might want to have a higher paying job. You might want to have a side hustle that can give you extra money. Or you might be in your, I want to enjoy my, the fruits of my labour year. So this might be the year where you're focusing on fun, holidays, making memories, travelling. For other people, it might be relationships. I really want to find the person I'm meant to be with. So your focus might be romance. So I'll get into the wheel of life and just know that it's okay to just have the one to focus on. Sometimes it's quite hard because you're like, well, I want all of it. But I feel like your first gut instinct of what feels right for you is what you should focus on for the year. So the wheel of light categories that I would use are health and wellness. So that's physical health and wellness and also a little bit of mental health in here for me. And the reason I'm saying a little bit is because the next category I use is personal and growth and self-development. That's also got a lot of mental health for me in there as well. That really helps my mental health. But personal development, personal growth, self-growth might be things like meditation or, you know, working out three times a week or moving your body intentionally every day in some way, whether it's yoga, whether it's a walk, whether it's hit, whatever works for you. And obviously health and personal growth will have a lot of overlap because meditation can help your health and help your self-development. So um, I would also say personal growth is quite high in my category for all the past years that I've done this goal setting. Um, so the first category, because that was a bit rambly, first category it would be health, physical health and wellness, but also mental health as well. Let's just call it health for the for the sake of easiness. The second would be personal growth and self-development, or you can just call it your growth or personal growth. Let's just call it personal growth for ease. So health, personal growth. The next is romance. So this is obviously romantic relationships and dating if you're single. Uh, kind of putting yourself out there and going on dates regularly and a lot of people do kind of say 
if you want to find someone in your life, if you're single and you keep saying, I want to meet someone, but then by the same token, you are so busy that you barely get a moment to see family, friends, you know, you're kind of telling the universe or whoever you believe in, you you know, I'm too busy to meet someone. I, I don't have room in my life for someone. So we'll talk about this for all of them, but creating space intentionally is something you could consider. If you're already in a relationship, it could be about solidifying that. How do we keep it amazing? How can I be a good partner? How do we plan for the future? Or if you're in a relationship that isn't serving you or that, you know, gut feeling isn't isn't right for you. And that doesn't mean anybody's doing anything wrong. And this will not be a long tangent. But you can be with the nicest person in the world that there's nothing wrong with them. That doesn't mean you have to be with them or stay with them. And I'll say this before I move on to the next point. Really think about what you in five years would be thankful you did. If that is staying in your relationship and you can see it going amazing places in five years, brilliant. If me asking you that gives you that little twinge in your gut, if you think, I'm scared to not have them, but actually the thought of not being in with them in five years feels better than being with them, just have a think about that. After romance, it's friends and family and kind of other relationships. So you might be a very sociable person and seeing friends and family would be the top of your list. Or you might be the kind of person who spent a lot of time with friends and family last year, but this time you're really focused on something else this year. Maybe it's building romance or building your career. The next one is finances. So that's your wealth, your money. How's how's that looking for you now? Is it something you need to work on? Is it causing you stress? Or are you financially fairly stable and you know able to enjoy your money? I was in a position last year where I was very stressed about money. I hadn't had a permanent job set. I had lots of debt from when I was in uni and money, my money and finances was not in a great place. I did not have a healthy finance category on my wheel of life. And that was my focus this year. And I'm so pleased to say this year, I managed to kind of get out of that. And for years, years, I wondered how I was ever going to pay off my debt. I wondered if I was ever going to be able to be okay financially, truly. I really did. So having that as my focus, as my piece of that wheel of life that I needed to sort, I'm glad I focused on that because I'm able to say now that I did get through that. And if you're listening to this and you're like me and you had maxed out credit cards, all this debt, student loan debt, overdrafts, you name it. Very, very in Klarna and all of that. And I also got diagnosed with ADHD, mainly ADD, but 
I got a diagnosis of that. And a lot of my overspending came from an undiagnosed ADD. So having that diagnosis has also very much helped. But if you're listening to this and you're like me and you've got debt coming out of your ears, you know, you will. You can and will make it out the other side. I promise. The next is fun. So that's kind of any form of recreation for you. So that might be travelling, um, parties, even exploring more places where you're from. I am from just outside Edinburgh and I was chatting to people where I work in Ireland and they were all shooketh that I had never been to Edinburgh Castle. I have never been to Edinburgh Castle. But you don't tend to do these things when you're from somewhere. You don't tend to do touristy things. So fun and recreation doesn't have to mean like you're going to go and travel South America. It could literally be like, I want to have more fun where I'm from and make the most of everything that's around me. The next is your environment. So that means your physical environment. So I'll be real. I'm currently recording this at home in my mom and dad's house because I'm at home for Christmas. It's been lovely. I adore my parents. I love my little room here. But I've got a lot of stuff. It's small. I've got a single bed. And right now I know that this is a temporary environment, so it's fine. But if this wasn't a temporary environment and I lived here, I would be working on getting rid of a lot of stuff and potentially getting a bigger place, you know. So physical environment might be I need to change my at-home office or where you study if you're studying and getting rid of clutter decluttering getting your Marie Kondo on also physical environment might be home hunting I am home hunting at the moment so for me physical environment is very important to me and I really want to declutter as much as I can in every possible way not just physically in my environment because it has such an effect on your mindset your environment honestly it really does like I don't know if anybody listening is the same I'm assuming they will be like I can't be productive in a messy space or a horrible space and I'm the same at work and you know I'm always in a little cleaning binge whenever I have a minute at work and I can't work in like a cluttered place and yeah so yeah it's about making your environment work for you and that is literally like hacking your subconscious brain because if your subconscious brain feels less cluttered you will be more productive so I personally rate these out of five some people like to rate it out of ten um I don't know why I do it out of five there's not one right or wrong way so for me last year my money was literally a zero out of five my career was about a two out of five um I knew I would get a job somewhere because you know if we were needs healthcare workers but I wasn't kind of seeing the jobs come up and there was a lot of people in the same position as me so I was about two or three out of five this time last year this year is about four or five out of five my finances I'd say are probably a three or four out of five from a zero my physical environment is probably a three out of five. I hope this time next year I'll be able to say I'm sitting recording this in my own home. My health is probably a four 
about five. I recently had COVID, as you will know, last week. Um, I spoke about it in last week's episode. I had surgery for endometriosis. But even in itself, having had surgery, confirmation and treatment for that, that for me, I'm really thankful for. And it's a reassurance that it was what I thought all along. And fun, I would say, I'm probably at a two or three out of five. I've been really in my kind of hustle and grind year uh, and I'm focused on finance and career. But I've had amazing, amazing times as well in between that. I solo travelled to New York, went on business class, stayed in a beautiful hotel. It was amazing. And I also have met really amazing people in Ireland that have became people who I'm sure will be lifelong friends. And I've had amazing experiences this year. I've been to amazing shows. So, yeah, I would say fun's probably at a three or four. Could be higher, but wasn't my priority. Personal growth is probably a four or five out of five. Four. There's always room for improvement. And this time last year, it was probably a two or three. Romance? It's very difficult because I'm quite romantic towards myself. And I also have like really good friends. So even if they're not romantic, I feel affection and care. I'm going to go two out of five because I do treat myself and I buy myself flowers. But one day I am going to have to deal with a man again. It's just, it's just not been the past year. And this time last year is probably about four or five out of five because I was having some romance this time last year, but. It wasn't my focus for this year. And my kind of focus this year is kind of still career and finance. But having a home, buying my first home is very important to me. This podcast is very important to me. Personal growth is so important to me and I feel like that's kind of aligned with this podcast and it's kind of aligned with career and stuff as well so obviously there's overlap but for me personally my wheel of life categories that I will be focusing on for the next year will be personal growth career finances and physical environment yeah I think that's what I'll focus on with a bit of romance yeah I maybe need to put more time into that reply to people a bit more so that's the wheel of life and that was a very tangenty long-winded way of chatting about that but I just want to talk a little bit about how like how important and pivotal this can be because in psychiatry we often use the biopsychosocial model to evaluate somebody's mental health or mental state how they've kind of got to where they are what kind of coping or support is there for people in their biopsychosocial model. So the biopsychosocial approach in psychiatry and in life considers any biological, psychological or social factors that can impact your health. And this is not just in psychiatry, this can be used in all parts of medicine and particularly in psychiatry we would use this uh, to kind of work out where people are with their illness, what can be changed, what can't be changed and it's very similar in my eyes to the wheel of life 
So an example of biological factors that might affect your health or wellness, that would be things like disease or your age, your gender, any genetics or genes that you might have inherited from your parents, your nutrition, so what you eat, how much water you drink, etc, etc. And obviously there's a lot of things that we can't control there. We can't control which genes we have. We can't control any inherited disease or disorder we have. We can, however, control what we put in our body. And nutrition is obviously what we eat. But it's also important to recognise what we're taking or what we're putting in our body. So if you are a drinker of alcohol or if you're using recreational drugs, that is going to have an effect on your wellness and your ability to live a well and happy life. Also, alcohol will have much the same effect. Food as well. I really recommend if you have issues with food, I have, and this book really helped. I was a very kind of binge-restrict person and would purge often after a binge. And this book just changed my life. And it's called, it was Alan Carr's Way to Quit Emotional Eating. And emotional eating is so normalised. And it's almost ingrained in us from a young age that food is a reward. Food makes us happy. If you're good, you'll get a sweet. And we go into life as adults and that continues. And we kind of have these taught, learned behaviours of I have to finish my plate and if I'm good I can get a sweet, if I'm good I can have ice cream, if I'm good I can have crisps or after a bad day you think I'm just going to order pizza and some people after a bad day it might be have a glass of wine so these kind of maladaptive coping mechanisms have effect on all parts of our health, all parts of our wheel of life so obviously you can't control your age or your you know the gender you were assigned at birth but you can control what you put in your body and you can control whether you look after it and you can control little things like little things that have helped me personally from a biological point of view on this uh, model. Obviously I live in the Northern Hemisphere in part of the UK where there's not a lot of sunlight at this time of year. I have one of those sad light therapy lamps that I put on as soon as I wake up first thing. And I also have one of those Alarm clocks that wakes you up the sunlight. That has been incredible for making me feel better. And I also take high strength vitamin D. So I am basically tricking my body to think that I'm literally in California as much as I possibly can. But it really has helped. So kind of hacking your biology to help yourself doing little things can really help. Another part of the biopsychosocial model is obviously the psychological side, so that also could involve our physical health having any pain or any symptoms that affect our daily function our ability to function every day of course it's going to have an effect on our mindset of course it is our ability to cope with our emotions is also a huge factor in this our ability to cope with change our own self-esteem our own mindfulness our own mindset has such a huge effect 
in all parts of our life. And then the third part of this module is social. So that is our family, our peer group, sports we have, our friends, how much we were nurtured growing up as a child, how supported we were, whether we've had any trauma, whether there's any difficulty in our families, whether we have enough money growing up, our socioeconomic status, our access to healthcare, our access to support, even our co-workers and things like that. And also the culture we grow up in plays a massive part of our overall well-being. And one part that's not mentioned in any of these kind of uh, circles on the biopsychosocial model, but that I always think of is that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you think about that now, what average would that be from the people you do spend the most time with? Because it has a massive effect. So that's just a quick run through of that model. And now we can use it to really focus on what can change our life. So intentionally setting your new year to be the best it can be. What can you do? You can do this at any time. You can do this on the 30th. You can do this on the day this comes out. You can do this on New Year's Eve. You can do this on New Year's Day. It doesn't matter. It's about doing it. It's about setting these goals. Personally, I'm going to be setting goals on Saturday and Sunday before New Year. I will be going to Francesca Amber's goal setting party, which is on the 30th. And I might actually do the same goal setting thing on the Sunday again, just to really solidify it. But I also will be journaling till my hand falls off. I will be creating a vision board on Canva and wishy-washy goals will get you wishy-washy results. That's something that Francesca Amber always says in her podcast. I want tangible goals for all of us, not just me. And how we did it with Fran's goal setting party is quarters. So there's quarter one, which is January, January, February, March, quarter two, April, May, June, quarter three, July, August, September, and then lastly, October, November, December. I think I'm going to do the goals that way this year, if not potentially um, specific months or every two months. And I'll go and explain what I mean about this in just a little bit. But it's good to kind of have the time sensitive part of a goal, right? It's part of the SMART acronym for realistic goals that we will achieve. They have to be realistic, but the time sensitivity also will make make us achieve it much faster, more effectively. Kind of like being in competition with yourself. So I'll just talk through an example where my goals are. So I by March, if we're going to do quarterly, so in January, February, March, in that quarter one, I hope to have a deposit ready to put down on a house. I'm going to put on my goal there as well for the first quarter that my podcast will continue to grow. I can't believe some of the people who have contacted me, followed me, like shook it. Like people I've listened to and admired for years. And I hope that, no, I don't hope that continues. That will continue. So I'm hoping 
in quarter one, I will see massive growth in this podcast, more guests on the podcast, and I will have my deposit for my house ready. Quarter two for me will be looking for and buying my first home. It will be potentially getting surgery. I, for all my life, have had massive boobs and I want to not have them anymore. <laughs> like I'm, I've always been, always hated it. So quarter two, love to get a restriction. Quarter three, I will be in or about to move into my new home is my plan. I will have made money, that the, the goal number in my head that I am hoping to make in the next year. I will have this much money made, aiming for a six-figure year, and and I'm hoping also to potentially meet someone and be on dates with somebody that I enjoy. That's lower on the priority list. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah. Then in quarter four, I am hoping that I will be in the job I've applied for. I'm hoping I will be a psychiatrist by then. And I will be working where I want to work, which is a very competitive region. And I will be living in my new home. I also do want to write a book, but like I said, it's not higher on my priority list than these things. So you can have like other little goals, but these are the things that I want to be sitting here next year saying I did that. So that's my main non-negotiable goals I will have and if I achieve other things great but this time next year I do want to be sitting here saying I've done that so what does this look like for you what is your quarter one goals what are you wanting to achieve in January February March what is your main goal write that down put it in your calendars that is the best tip I've ever been told put that in your calendar your diary remind yourself every week that these are your goals Write them with marker pens on your mirror. Literally, whatever is going to work for you. I will personally be adding this to my beautiful calendar that my sister made me with my niece on it because it's so cute. But also, it just makes it all more special because it reminds me of why, you know, you want to do these things. I can't wait to buy my first house and have a room for my niece and my nephew that they can come and stay with me in. So what are your intentions for the year ahead? Where's your wheel of life lacking? Or where do you want to focus on in your wheel of life? Set your goals intentionally. Don't be caught up in all the bullshit this time of year. That's like, join this gym for free. You need to work off what you've ate at Christmas. You are allowed to enjoy your Christmas meal with no guilt. Do what feels right energetically for you for the next year. You will never regret investing time in yourself. Never. I implore you guys to date yourself. And that is whether you're single or in a relationship. Spend time dating yourself. I promise only good will come from you investing time in yourself. Thank you so much for listening this week, guys. I am a lot less high than I was this time last week. I recorded that on strong painkillers after a general anaesthetic. I don't think I was okay, hon, but listen, made it through. I'm here this week. And thank you for all my new listeners. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it more than you will ever know. 
really hope 2024 will be the best year of your life. I don't hope it will be the best year of your life. You can achieve anything you want. I will see you in 2024 for my next episode. Thank you again for listening. Please rate and review if you've enjoyed it. And I will see you next year. There's my dad joke out for me.